Hello everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of the Formula Pilot Podcast. We have a special episode lined up for you guys. This episode is sponsored by Fabheads Automation. In fact, we will be speaking with Dinesh Kanagraj, who is the founder and CEO of Fabheads. Fabheads is essentially an outfit that specializes in function-specific carbon fiber application. But before we get into it, I'd like to introduce our sponsors, who we hold in high regard. Robert Bosch Engineering and Business Solutions, Event Logistics at Flomic Group, Studio Clockwork, and Fabheads Automation Private Limited. A shout out to Grid Motorsports Bangalore for producing the podcast. So, let's get right into it. Good morning, everyone. Yes, it is a Sunday, although we are releasing this on a Wednesday. Well, that's so that we can pack it with goodies and give you credits. Uh, Well, we are merely three weeks away from Formula Bharat, and the excitement is growing, and everyone's prepping and bringing their A-game. Well, I hope everyone who is coming has already organized their travel and stay, because, guys, flight tickets from here on out are just going to keep shooting up. Well, me and Rahul, we're going to be driving there. Bangalore, honestly, isn't that far from Coimbatore. It's just about six hours and the highways aren't bad at all. So this is the fourth episode. Uh, Three are already out. And uh, well, I'm having a great time talking and listening to all our guest speakers. Really informative. And there's so much we can learn from the people we're bringing on board these podcasts. Um, Well, here with us today, as mentioned earlier, we have Dinesh from Fabheads. We also have Sonam Motwani, uh, who is the design judge, the lead design judge at Formula Bharat and uh, co-founder slash CEO of Karkhana, uh, Karkhana.io to be specific. These guys are based out of Mumbai. Um, well, we, we're going to get into that uh, in a bit. Um, from our team panel, we have DJS Racing Mumbai. We have the team captain, Atharva Sanke, and the vehicle dynamics head, Aditya Butt, as well. Um, so, yeah, we got a full house here. <laughs> so, let's get let's get right into it. Um, Dinesh, uh, Fabheads is now a three-year-old organization, right? Uh, we'll be just celebrating our uh, third-year anniversary the next week. Well, congratulations. Uh, so, tell me, uh, how did you conceptualize your business in an industry as uh, as relatively untouched in india as carbon fiber so yeah um uh, so the whole idea started uh, i kind of got germinated during my very early years in my undergraduate study so we were developing a blimp framework for which we needed a really strong but very lightweight uh, structure so carbon fiber was the only option that we had in mind and uh, we started making molds out of uh, plaster of paris and uh, getting the carbon fiber laid out and making all these frameworks uh, high sections there so that is kind of the starting point for me with carbon fiber composite and uh, even later on during my time with the uh, isro even there i did see that a lot of carbon fiber structures are still being done by completely manual processes and that's kind of where you know the idea was there like, why not automate it? Well, there are some solutions uh, to automate it, but every one of them had some limitations or the other. Like, for example, you see for uh, metals that are, there is always done in automated methods, right? You don't look at metal fabrication being done like crafting, like carpentry or pottery. Kind of yeah, I mean, carbon fiber has to be laid out, you know, layer by layer yeah. by layer, you know, with the resin. Yeah. It is exactly. actually. Um, 
I would say an art form on, on its own, right? Mm. Yeah, right. So that's kind of where it started out. I mean, why not uh, figure out a way to automate uh, things? And uh, there is a huge scope for it. For example, in India, there is more than $1 billion fabrication market for carbon fiber composites right now. Uh, a lot of things that is being done by carbon fiber in India itself and abroad as well. So there is a huge market for it. And Something if there is more. India, India's primary application of it would be in the aerospace industry, right? That's correct, yeah. So aerospace um, and defense is where uh, biggest uh, applications right now is being done. The next uh, biggest industry is in the wind energy and the sports industries. That's where the yeah, yeah. Massive, massive wind farms, especially here in Karnataka. You just get out of Bangalore and you're going to be surrounded by a whole lot of wind farms. I actually did not know up until now that those blades are actually um, based on carbon fiber. Yeah, uh, they are sometimes made out of glass fiber, sometimes made out of carbon fiber. Like, yeah, the, you see the biggest ones that you see, they are all coming in carbon fiber. Crazy. Carbon fiber is, well, it, it is one composite whose application is incredibly versatile if you know where to actually apply it and what to apply it for and uh, well yeah we'll, we'll get back to it um but uh, i'd like to get to sonam uh, i'd like to get her into the conversation uh sonam tell me about your company karkana and uh, tell me what it's all about yeah uh, so uh, my company is called uh, karkana.io uh, essentially it's an online platform uh for uh, hardware product development teams and uh, the platform essentially helps them with quick design validation of their components, uh, achieve uh, transfer and pricing, as well as uh, provide on-demand manufacturing of those components. Uh, so we don't just make uh, in thousands of units or agree to make on thousands of units as most manufacturers do. We also make, uh, make in uh, ones, twos, and threes. Uh, essentially, uh, that's, that's uh, our niche that uh, we take up small volume orders and provide the same uh, level of quality as well as turnaround time and how, uh, how small is small uh, a single unit that is that it can't get any smaller than that. yeah definitely can't <laughs> yes, get smaller so than we, that, would, yeah. we would we would uh, essentially uh, really quick turnaround time which is the missing piece right now in the manufacturing industry there are plenty of manufacturers who uh, are lured towards uh, high volume orders, but are not as responsive towards small volumes or uh, customized uh, fabrication needs. So that is the area that we most cater to. Mm -hmm. So you must be getting a lot of orders from formula student teams and maybe like all other, uh, you know, Baha and everything. Uh, so uh, right now we uh, are not as popular amongst uh, the formula student teams, uh, but most of our customer base lies amongst uh, hardware startups and uh, uh, hardware uh, SMEs uh, for whom it is difficult to have a dedicated team towards establishing vendors uh, and uh, having a sourcing team that would essentially carry out the entire procurement of different components or uh, find spe uh, vendors for special purpose machining. So we most appeal right now uh, to startups uh, and uh, businesses mm -hmm. building hardware. Uh, but definitely uh, we want to uh, get popular amongst formula student uh, 
community because we like I personally have been through the struggle of uh, not being able to find the right kind of vendors when we were building different components for our car and uh, mm-hmm. would want mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. as much as possible to make lives easier for the students now. I'm sure it makes a lot of sense for uh, students to be actually be utilizing what you are offering over here because for them, single owner quantities is exactly what they need. You know, if anything, okay, fine. They need a smaller quantity, like say about 10 or say 20 pieces or something like that. And um, more often than not, you have a lot of people who just uh, uh, turn us down because we do not have the minimum order quantity that, you know, they are usually used to catering to. Oh, yeah, so right. that's or they don't take I... you seriously uh, to deliver your uh, components on time. They are always the last priority that whenever the machine is available, we will take up your stuff. So it is never on priority. And that's why most of our um, fabrication or manufacturing ends up being delayed than what we project for. Yeah, that's totally true because uh, over my career or whatever, my life in formula student, that's something that I have faced personally. That is, uh, manufacturers saying that they'll give it in November and ending up giving it in next April, which is about seven, six, seven months off. I've mm-hmm. had such bad experiences, and uh, I'm sure Karkana is going to help uh, all Formula Student teams. And Absolutely. you're definitely going to get very popular after being on this podcast. Well, that's, that's the plan. That is the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we had close to. Um, uh, Abhishek filled me in. I think we had close to about 800 people listening to a lot to the last podcast. And I think that's that's great because uh, oh, yeah, well, it's not nine. Oh, Abhishek's correcting me over here. 900, 900 listeners. That's that's actually quite awesome. And uh, it's not any great for uh, Formula Bharat, but um, I truly do feel that uh, the information that is coming out through these can actually be helpful and can be utilized by students. And the thing mm-hmm. is, it's in a podcast format. So it's quick, it's easy to listen to, it's it's mobility, you know, and hence the name mobility engineering. You know, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very sarcastic laugh. Rahul over there. <laughs> you got me, man. You got me. <laughs> okay, fine. So uh Sonam, when um you were in Formula Students, uh, what competitions uh, did you attend? Uh, so, uh, I uh, was a part of IIT Bombay racing team and um, like during my time at IIT, we started off with uh, Baha, uh, Baha SA India, uh, participated in two uh, seasons there uh, and then uh, we switched to going uh, only for formula student uh, and that to make a complete switch uh, from being uh, a combustion car team to uh, starting altogether new with electric. So 2012 uh, was, uh, 2012 season was our first electric car. Um, And uh, during my, uh, so in that particular season, we attempted both Baja and uh, and Formula student. Didn't didn't do uh, too well at Formula, but it was, uh, it was a really great learning experience yeah, as well as an eye-opener. When did, when yeah, did the uh, electric get into Formula Student actually, at least in India, when did electric get into Formula Student? Uh, like, uh, I think Formula Bharat is going to be uh, 
starting at, like as an event uh, formula bharat would be the uh, uh, for formula in the formula student series formula bharat would be the first one to start electric we have formula green event uh, also happening parallelly uh, i don't have much information about that event uh, and amongst the teams if you are asking like when did uh, teams started going electric i think iit bombay was the first one to uh, go electric from india yeah that's uh, what i remember as well and this is to yeah. the folks listening out there there is somebody who's going to be who has got experience in baha in formula student combustion and formula student electric that's the best you're going to get so listen in very very carefully <laughs> thank you rahul i'm humbled are you are you still in touch with your team though uh yes uh though i don't uh, interact with them as often as i would like to uh but i make sure that i keep in touch once in a while and make sure they know that they can reach out uh for any help whenever they need in fact uh, today after we record this session uh i am going to meet the team and see where they are if there are any there are any challenges that they need help with like figuring out any resources you heard you heard that guys this podcast is helping you already even though you haven't even heard it yet <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So, okay, fine. So, uh, let's go to the team panel. That is uh, DJS Racing. Um, Atharva and Aditya, this is a question to both of you guys. Um, tell me a little bit more about your team. What are the different avenues that you take part in? <clears throat> you guys have about two teams currently. So, t- tell me all about that. Yeah. So, first of all, a very good morning to everyone. So, I'll start by introducing myself. Uh, I am Atharva Sankhe. and i am the team captain of djs racing which is the formula student team of dwarkadas jisangvi college of engineering and i am very happy to be on this podcast and i think that it's a great initiative by formula bharat to have these podcast uh, so coming back to your question uh, our team started 6 years back in the year 2012 and it consisted of a group of passionate automobile fanatics working towards making a combustion race car and our first competition ready prototype was made in the year 2014 and our inaugural competition was formula student germany 2014 and uh, looking back to the competition since then our team has completely been absorbed into the formula student fraternity and our journey since then has been a roller coaster ride if you would ask me and we have really grown by leaps and bounds from 2012 like for an example back then our team consisted of a few engineers and right now we are a team of 110 students 110 undergrad students and we used to make one car in two years and now we are pushing hard to make two cars in one year so yeah that pretty much sums what our team is yeah that's something uh, even i've noticed over the years dj's racing has been growing leaps and bounds you guys finished endurance in germany a couple of years ago right Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I remember. You guys really, you've been doing India proud for sure. Thanks a lot for that. Well, so you've got two teams. How did it come about? Like, how did you start working as a combustion electric team? Are the teams like, do you share resources? Do you share uh, people in the team? I don't know. So uh, as DJs Racing, we are a single team. So as our hashtag goes, like one team, two cars. essentially we are a single unit which works towards making two cars 
but uh, we have uh, two chief technical officers uh, cto combustion and cto electric so these guys they look after the technical goals decide the technical goals and make the timeline for their respective cars so aditya uh, you've been working in the team for how many years now yeah so i've been part of this team for almost 3 years now uh, I, i was recruited in the team in my second year and right now i'm in my final year of engineering all right so how's your experience been over the years yeah well as athar was said the team has been the journey of the team has been a roller coaster ride and i was uh, really you know privileged to be a part of the team when the team was starting to peak like uh, i was lucky enough to be there at germany when the team completed its first endurance at an international event and since then the the team has been growing very fast and to now when you see we are making not only a combustion vehicle but also an electric vehicle so the growth has been beautiful and uh, for me personally if you say uh, i have learned a lot apart from what we study in engineering like uh, the being a part of formula student team not only gives you uh, a chance to apply your technical uh, knowledge but also helps you develop personally so yeah it's been a great journey yeah yeah guys that's for all of you guys who are thinking whether or not to join a formula student team well it's definitely going to help you out <clears throat> so you guys have been in the electric uh seen for about a year year and a half now so how is it been uh, how is your electric uh, r and d going on so this is our very first year into the electric category before that we used to only make combustion cars so as of now our electric vehicle it's at the very end of its manufacturing phase and soon we should start with the testing of the vehicle for sure for sure so um so this uh, the entire episode is actually revolves around design because after all you know formula bharat is a design competition at the end of the day uh, the idea is to build a car and not necessarily have everything in a knockdown state that is ready for assembly uh, yes of course entrant teams can be doing this um teams are just getting into formula student but the more experienced teams you see them um actually designing a whole lot of their components um you know and that is exactly you know where it stuff starts get starts to get interesting because you see part failures and that's when you know the real r&d comes in uh so uh, a question to djs over here either atharva or aditya um what are the major parts uh, that you guys primarily design that you wouldn't see an entry team designing um <clears throat> yeah so uh when you say I'll talk about designing uh, we use uh, many components which are not the which are not you know possible for others to make like we use carbon fiber which is one of the topics of today is a podcast so we use carbon fiber and majorly we use aluminum and not metal so which is an advantage because when you building a race car you want it to be light as well as stiff so using comp, uh, using uh, materials which are lightweight and durable is something we try and focus on okay all right cool uh, but yeah what what are the companies that you actually uh, use uh, carbon fiber application for over here yeah yeah so currently what we are doing is we are manufacturing our body parts as well as our aerodynamic components using carbon fiber uh, along with that we also have our uh, uh, a arms that are the uh, wishbones which connect uh, suspension 
so those are also made of carbon fiber so overall in the car we are using it pretty much uh, extensively and uh, yeah so major components are these oh shit, that's crazy so your your basically your lower your arms are tubular if not carbon fiber right uh yeah they are carbon fiber and tubular okay fine so what is what is the weight reduction that we're seeing over here when for that component in particular yeah so uh the weight reduction is tremendous like from while using the um mild steel arms the weight used to be around 1.5 to 1.75 kgs per arm uh including the weld and the bearing and everything which has uh, mm-hmm. tremendously dropped down to say around 750 grams using carbon fibers that's more than 50% weight reduction yep yeah and um what about in terms of uh, rigidity and you know taking all the torsional loads how does it fare at that uh yeah so uh, rigidity wise also you have a tremendous uh, uh you know growth because the ms arms are uh, prone to bending if they are subjected to a greater load whereas uh, the cf arms they are not uh, do- that weak because we first get them tested and the loads which they fail are uh, in kilonewton so it's very much dependable and uh, easy to use yeah so with your arms usually you're seeing more of um, you know gradual loads being there you don't see too much too, too much of impact loading on that component right yeah correct yeah so it's more of a fatigue load failure that you call so uh, uh in that sense uh, ca farms are very much reliable up till now whatever we've tested on the car we've hardly had a failure uh, with respect to the ca farms uh what is of major concern is of the bonding that you have uh, between two uh, materials like uh, say suppose uh, cf carbon fiber along with aluminum so the way in which they are bonded that is a crucial thing which might fail but other than that the failure of carbon fiber is very rare mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, we've got uh, a carbon fiber 3d printing manufacturer uh, in dinesh here and uh, so i'd like to know uh, this is to dj's racing how do you how do you manufacture is it all done in house or uh, do you guys uh, outsource it or maybe send it to uh, companies and stuff uh, no uh, as of now we do most of our job in house uh, so we get our mold uh so we design the component and then then uh, we get a molds ready using cnc machining and uh, after the mold is ready we use uh, uh, add, uh additives like uh, release agents and uh, primers and stuff to get the mold prepared for the layup of cf uh mm-hmm. we've tried two methods of layup one is hand layup uh, and the second one is vacuum bagging Uh, we've uh, used vacuum bagging this season and we've got good results using that so once you do the vacuum bagging then uh, the component is pretty much ready to use so yeah we do most of our stuff in house and do you guys put it into an autoclave or something yet we uh, not yet we've uh, planning to do that from this season because uh, it's a step by step process like uh, cf Uh, using uh, cf manufacturing is not easy so what we've done is we've uh, our, we've uh, selected a gradual process so from hand layup to vacuum bagging and now we're choosing uh, we're deciding to go with autoclave yeah i'm sure everybody on this panel agrees that uh, b- working with cf is not really easy 
so yeah is definitely you're going on the right curve going to the towards the positive side and you're definitely going to be getting it into an autoclave and getting a good finish and you know good strength yeah sure so yeah so let me go to dinesh now so you have your expertise is in aero and composites from the past design uh, judging experience do you have any advice on design improvement for teams there are uh, some inputs that i have uh, not just from aero and uh, composites point of view but from very general design perspective itself mm-hmm. the first thing is that typically many people would be doing is like you know, after fabrication they will be doing a lot of fitting jobs right like sometimes they will see that a whole performance component does not match with the other you know, they go around and start fitting and doing some fitting jobs to make the whole bigger stuff like that we see a lot of these things happening even today most of these actually happen because the cad drawings are not done right the tolerances are not taken correctly during the design stages of work so this is one of the places where many of the student teams lose a lot of time so no imagine they take so much time waiting get the part fabricated then when they have the part done they still have to end up doing some fitting job on it when they are on the spot so this is this is a really bad thing you know Uh, most of this can be sorted out by the teams during the design stages by doing really good proper cad drawings many times we notice when we do check up teams cad drawings they very few teams would actually have proper cad drawings and even the ones that have didn't really have the best ones best tolerances mentioned for example you have some let's say 10 holes lined up and uh, each hole let's say is around 10 mm distance between each holes 10 10 10 mm sort of and if we are going to have the dimension mentioned as say uh one hole to second hole 10 mm second hole to third uh, third hole 10 mm third hole to fourth hole 10 mm and if you dimension it like this this is one way there is another way to dimension it as like let's say from the left end end of the component you have a 10 mm left end of the component assemblies when one component is uh, bolted onto one and then the next component bolted onto the third component the fourth component let's say is bolted onto the first and the fourth component again the same tolerances will now again play a big role because uh, all these tolerances getting added up is something that they totally miss out and uh, when you actually have the tolerance right because when you are having like this added up but if you have taken it account in your cad drawing and say that this hole i wanted to be made already 0.5 mm bigger rather than just some 0.2 mm bigger you have already taken taken account of it so these are all some small small things that people don't really consider during their design stages uh, which actually can save immense amount of time during their assembly procedures and it can be sorted out during the cad stage of the design itself this is just one thing and uh, the next biggest problem that we noticed is uh, when they do the builds typically they wouldn't have assumed the building efficiency their analysis 
Um, the joints usually tend to be much weaker. Um, that many many things wouldn't have considered it. And uh, even worse is if suppose that welder didn't do a good job, and uh, so the heat affected zone becomes much bigger than what it is, what it should have been. The whole assembly becomes a lot more weaker. And this is something that they should validate it after the fabrication is done to ensure that things are good. Things are actually still good to actually take these kind of loads. Uh, just analysis is not good enough. They need to validate that everything has been, that has been fabricated is fabricated right. So this, this is some two things that I always notice every team that I have pretty much met. And uh, then with respect to Aero, I see very few uh, uh, teams that have very good understanding of the aerodynamics of the team, uh, of the car. But uh, uh, yeah, the teams are picking up over my three years, I would say the kind of aerodynamic exposure that in the first year and uh, now is improved quite a lot. And the composite people struggle to do the best kind of analysis. So I do see a lot more teams now doing laminate testing and uh, kind of take that data out and start applying into their analysis. That is like much better way to do it. They do a lot of laminate, they take the test out and they take these data so to uh, get to the next level of uh, and, uh, design work. So more of these approaches would be very welcome to see in more teams as well. Yeah. So over the years, we've seen a lot of uh, you know, improvement in the composites that are uh, being used, at least in the in terms of the Indian teams. Because uh, if I'm right, I believe one of the teams are using a semi-monocoque this year. I think uh, Orion Racing uh, is um, using a semi-monocoque this year. Crazy. They've shifted yeah. into uh, a new realm uh, okay. with endless possibilities. Yeah, obviously. with in innovation and all that. Heavy. I, I didn't actually know that. I didn't know that. We had Orion Racing yeah. on in the first episode, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we should have asked them. I was then. so surprised it didn't actually come up. But yeah, yeah, good for them. That's that's awesome. I can't wait to see them. That's really good to know. It's really good. I mean, like uh, you see some some of the best teams out there using monocoques or the hybrid semi-monocoque structures, and that is kind of a little bit of a fad there. Like uh, monocoques are the best, right? But strictly speaking, it is not the case. Monocoques are really good, yes, but uh, semi-monocoques are some of the best structures. But when it is well designed, yeah, so, yeah, it all true. comes down to how well it is designed and how much efficiency you see. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, when you think about carbon fibers, that it is incredibly uh, application specific, right? So just just based mm -hmm. on where your different loading points are, you know, stuff like your fiber orientation, and mm -hmm. then of course the the subsequent. Uh, loading direction and all that can be determined. But uh, can you give us some more uh, in-depth analysis about how important it is to to just get something as simple as fiber orientation, right? Yeah, to get the basics, right, actually. Well, you just take a simple plate. Uh, let's say it is made out of aluminum and this plate is being loaded along the extraction. So typically when you have metal grains out there, it, it can take good amount of load in all the directions. So yeah, even if you are actually going to be loading it in the y direction, it can take some good amount of load. So the, even though uh, in case of carbon fiber, all the atoms are going to be well oriented along the primary axis of the fiber. 
So let's say you have all the fibers laid out along the x-direction with the same plate. You can, you pull it and all these fiber, all these atoms are going to be bonded really well along this direction and it can allow you to take incredible amount of weight. But along the y direction, it, you pull it, the fibers are going to break very easily. That is the way carbon fibers typically tend to work. So the same weight in case of aluminum, which is going to take loads in all direction, in case of carbon fiber, the same weight is going to take much higher loads, but only along one direction. So that is where the uh, weight optimization in terms of strength comes out. So for the same weight, in one direction, it takes much more. So if in case you have more direct, more loading just in along 90 degree and the 45 degree directions, what we do is just have a couple of fibers along 90 degree and a couple of fiber layers along 45 degree. And then just a few layers along the perpendicular direction just to hold the fibers together. So that uh, by means of hand, you won't be able to pull it apart. But most of the fibers are laid out along the direction where the stress is, stress directions are. And that way you get to tailor the same plate uh, to be able to take maximum loading along the directions that you're looking for. There are very ad uh, advanced concepts where you can uh, literally steer the fiber along the primary stress curves. Like for example, like you have some kind of a, for a particular very complex loading, the stress curves according to your analysis are like starts at zero degree, proceeds along 60 degree and then starts going along some 85 degrees. You can literally take a fiber and steer along these particular stress curves. And this kind of uh, uh, fiber steering gives even immense amount of weight reduction. So these are relatively very much difficult to achieve from traditional uh, processes. But this is where the carbon fiber rail is actually going to, where the fiber is exactly oriented for what the requirements out of the particular structure is to get the maximum efficiency of weight optimization. Another thing is, um, another really important thing is, is the uh, epoxy that you actually use to bind all the sheets together, right? Now you mentioned to me that even that is application specific for something like um, the amount of heat that that component is going to face in that zone. Like say some, if, if a component uh, say was uh, more closer to the exhaust manifold and is actually going to be seeing uh, a lot of heat in that area, um, how do you, you know, adequately treat the carbon fiber in such a way that it can take that kind of heat? Yeah, so if, like you just look at carbon fiber, it is a composite, like composite as in you have a lot of materials. So carbon fiber is just one part of it. And the resin just as much contributes to the end properties as much as the fiber. Uh, so epoxy is most primarily used just because it is very easy, it is relatively cheaper, and uh, it's easy for the technicians to lay down as well. There are other materials like carbon fiber peak is another example. But peak melts at 450 degrees and the solid and room temperature is one of the very difficult uh, plastics to apply to carbon fiber. But it can give even better fracture toughness and uh, uh, has a lot more capabilities besides epoxy. But if the temperature, and this can take up to 350 degrees Celsius, 400 degrees Celsius also, while uh, epoxy you cannot use it more than 150 degrees Celsius. And that is even another composite like carbon fiber phenolic resins, if you are using that, can even use uh, up to 800, 900 Kelvin. Also, very easy. And, uh, 
So you can literally tailor further and further. And uh, if you are looking at even further, we can go for carbon-carbon composites, which is one of the most difficult material uh, composite to actually fabricate. But if you are able to actually make carbon-carbon composites, you can even make uh, structures that can withstand 4,000 Kelvin to go to 4,000 Kelvin very easily. So this is the kind of structures that is used in re-entry vehicles and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, people, uh, you can go visit uh, www.fabits.in uh, to know more about uh, Fabits Automation and their services. Well, uh, they've been they've got some really nice solutions for carbon fiber 3D printing and stuff like that. And uh, they you can also buy a 3D printer if you want, I guess. Uh, Not yet. <laughs> So let's go on to Sonam next, uh, the design event lead of Formula Bharat. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time now. So when it comes to design, what are the principles a team must follow while during the uh, concept and design phase? Uh, so um, call it principles or uh, kind of like a few things that one should absolutely uh, consider when they are starting off with their design. So typically uh, for any formula student season uh, specific to students in India, uh, we we have uh, around nine months for the for pre preparing for the entire season. Uh, if you remove uh, the time that goes at the competition, uh, the time that you end up putting in your academics and exams and few days of the year when you spend with your family and friends, it typically leaves you with nine months. So essentially it's those nine months when you have to basically build a completely new prototype uh, from scratch. So it is it is uh, really necessary to first uh, start with uh, reflecting on the previous season if you've already participated in a Formula student uh, event, get to know what worked in that event, what did not work, uh, what could be certain things that you would want to carry forward and what were certain failures that you would absolutely want to avoid. Uh, second is being very, very realistic uh, in identifying what resources. Now, uh, when I talk of resources, it, it is the time that the team has available with them, the amount of uh, budget they can afford for the season. Uh, how much experience the team has gathered over the years or is it like full of new team members uh, if they are targeting any uh, new technology uh, in terms of either fabrication or designing something uh, how much experience it holds or how much of a capability they have to build that experience around the season what kind of vendors and suppliers they have available if they want to try out anything new. Like uh, we talked about uh, carbon fibers, right? So uh, it makes sense for a team to try out if they haven't uh, certain components in carbon fiber, uh, take smaller risks the first time. Uh, but if they don't see an ecosystem around them that would support in the fabrication uh, and they neither have expertise of doing it ever, it makes sense to keep the ambitions low and focus more on things that would earn them greater points at the event. Uh, and also uh, basically free up time for testing and uh, identifying what facilities they have around for validation as well as carrying out uh, different tests for their vehicle. Uh, second thing is that um, 
uh, once once they have identified these resources uh, they also need to identify what are the constraints they need to work under the constraints could be applied by the rule book uh, and uh, the constraints could also be um, due to other factors that uh, the team would better know in in terms of uh, how many senior people are there how many junior team members are there and uh, uh, what kind of uh, failures they had in the previous season, which which they will need to improve upon, and then define the goals for for their upcoming season. So the the goals would be around the performance they want to derive out of the vehicle, uh, the kind of structures they want to build, uh, uh, new safety practices or better safety practices that they would want to inculcate in the team as well as their vehicle, and uh, what could be the steps to tune their car better uh, for the competition as well as test out all their assumptions. Uh, I was speaking to Sirish and Suraj from the last episode. Um, they had a very in-depth mm-hmm. conversation about uh, how important it is to uh, you know, make a timestamp and to record uh, everything. So like you said, you know, when it comes to part failures and stuff like that, if teams can actually go about um, making a full-fledged record of what happened when and as to why it happened, if they have the time to actually go through it and see that, okay, fine, this is what happened a year ago, we don't need to be doing it now, you know? Yeah, true. So yeah, so basically knowing what not to do is just as important as uh, knowing what to do, you know? Uh, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to put that in. But yeah, back to you, Sonam, uh, please, please carry on. Yeah, and also inculcating it from the very initial stages of planning uh, out their resources that someone in the team or few people in the team have to be absolutely responsible to ensure that that kind of discipline is maintained throughout the year, that they don't have to lose focus from certain essential elements uh, that they absolutely need for succeeding in that particular season. Uh, a lot of times what happens is that uh, obviously like there are a lot of challenges, lots lots of ups and downs that uh, we uh, face during the entire season and then uh, we lose focus on the priorities that we shouldn't be losing focus on. So uh, someone in the team has to has to be able to take time and remind the team that guys we, we need to get back on this path uh, as we go along the way. So yeah that, that stick has to be there. Uh, and then yeah be able to uh, kind of delegate different responsibilities to different team members uh, because then then comes after you have laid out all resources you have available, all uh, expectations you would have from your vehicle and the team, uh, setting different goals uh, for the team as well as the vehicle, you would then uh, get on to executing all of this, which means like you're now getting on to your design board and uh, teams are working uh, the different subsystem teams are working on different parts of the car. Uh, so uh, on one side, it is essential that there is a uh, really detailed uh, delegation of different uh, uh, different parts of design amongst different team members. At the same time, it is essential to ensure that there are good communication methods uh, for the teams to come together wherever the integration of these different uh, subsystem designs is required. Uh, specifically, it becomes even uh, more important when teams are uh, looking to move towards electric because uh, till now most of the team is uh, familiar with 
mechanical structures, uh, mechanical failures, but uh, electronics kind of become a black box for most of us mechanical engineers, right? And then yeah, uh, you need to hire the right kind being of a mechanical engineer. <laughs> yeah, true. Like all you relate to is the multimeters, uh, sound going T T T, and yeah, continuity. You're not able to deduce. That's the only thing I know in electronics. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, like that is one of the challenges that we faced when we started off with electric, and uh, uh, so. Okay, we had developed some bit of expertise into getting the mechanical subsystems right, but at the same time, we had a very new uh, electric team, and the team that had no uh, formula student or Baha experience, they were uh, they came on board to help with the electricals and electronics of the car. So uh, now uh, there are chances that there is this groupism that happens amongst mechanical people against electric guys because they are not able to understand the challenges. So it is. <laughs> that there are proper pr uh, processes in place to not make that happen. And you brought it out actually, you guys, mechanical guys, you got yeah, to so cut, cut it out. <laughs> So like we had a situation when we had a rolling car, but our powertrain was not functioning and uh, mechanical guys would, it's, it's, uh, they would not understand what the challenges are. But at that time, it is important to come together as a team and help wherever possible, try to understand those challenges. Because ultimately, uh, when you're students, you have the luxury of uh, learning anything and everything. Uh, so we, in fact, had some mechanical guys who were able to pick up on certain uh, parts of the electronics uh, with the help of electrical uh, guys. And uh, that, that kind of helped in knowledge transfer between subsystems and also helping with the uh, system integration. So there, like, you have to ensure that proper resource allocation is followed through. Um, another important thing that uh, uh, I would want to bring up is uh, when, when the um, goal setting is done, now being engineers, we, we kind of get really excited whenever something new has to be built up. Ultimately, that is what engineers are for, for building new stuff. Uh, but what happens is that if you're not uh, realistically uh, tied up to knowing the capabilities inside the team, uh, it, it sometimes uh, can go negative that you, you try to do X, but you are not able to achieve even 50% of it because there are these deviations because of certain ambitions that you took upon yourself. So uh, though, at the same time, it is necessary that when you're setting up realistic goals, you add fair bit of ambition to it so that it pushes you to achieve more than, than you would have otherwise achieved. So if certainly. X is what you certainly can achieve, you should target for like 1.3 X. Uh, so that 30% gives you the buffer to at least uh, go Reset. fair bit of delta above yeah. X. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, but don't go to, uh, if you can achieve X, uh, don't go to 2X. So yeah, that, that balance has to be arrived while goal setting. Yeah, and that's def definitely developed over years of experience and you're just gonna yeah. get better at it over time. Yeah, um, and uh, one last and one thing that I would want to add uh, and taking it up from uh, what Dinesh also uh, uh, mentioned is uh, being very particular about putting everything, everything that is going to go on the car on the CAD. Uh, 
uh, a lot of times when the detailed CAD is being done, we miss out on a lot of small, small things. It could be as small as uh, how one of the wires uh, or one of the brake lines would be routed inside the car. And then we end up doing uh, last minute fixes after the entire fabrication is done. So though your entire car uh, would be beautiful, but that, that particular clamp or that particular routing that you put at like and which is not accounted for in the car would end up being the eyesore of the entire product. So it is yeah, really essential yes. that all those details are put in in the CAD. And while design reviews, there are people who are making sure that all those details have been covered. Well, uh, words of wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, get your GDs and Ts right, uh, and make sure that you model up everything and make sure that everything is uh, accounted for. Along with that, uh, as uh, I've learned over the last few years in Formula Student and the last uh, three episodes of the Formula Bharat podcast, uh, team management is something that's very, very important. Resource allocation, inventory management, and all these things play a major part in how well your car shapes up. So make sure you get it right the first time itself. And make sure you consider everything, every single thing, how no matter how small it is. Yeah, those things just come and bite you, bite you in the backside yeah. later on. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. So here's a question to the te- towards the team panel. Uh, what are your design goals for 2019? Yeah, yeah. So this year what we've done is uh, like Sonam just said uh, we've learned from what last year we've achieved and this year we've made pretty well uh, you know major improvements uh, <clears throat> one of it is uh, starting with the electric vehicle uh, second uh, design goals are if you call ask for in uh, the combustion vehicle well we've uh, done major changes in the powertrain this year by uh, shifting to pneumatics and uh, also <clears throat> you know uh, uh, two pedals from three pedals so we have uh, uh, a class so that is for a complete pneumatic shifting and clutching setup is it yeah yeah correct so right. cl- uh, clutching is electronic but uh, using a servo but uh, the shifting is pretty much pneumatic so that is one thing we've done uh, another improvement that we've done is uh, going with an under tree for the first time so the aerodynamics has been initiated in the team this year. Uh, another one improvement from the vehicle dynamics side is uh, shifting to an adjustable damper because uh, from the last year what we've tested we've learned that uh, you need some uh, adjustability in your vehicle dynamics. So we've shifted on to adjustable dampers and uh, say aerodynamics. So yeah, unless your dampers are adjustable, you don't really you won't really be able to set up your car for the different events, right? For maybe autocross and acceleration, they're completely different setups, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's the point behind everything. So it's step-by-step progress that we're making uh, onto, you know, getting the car to optimum performance. Uh, yeah, for, for the electric vehicle on the same end, uh, the design goal is being to make a car which is reliable and running. Uh, not to try and do some stuff that is very, you know, uh, genius or something like that. Just keep it simple and get a car running because this is the first year we're going with electric. So that has been the design goal for the electric vehicle. Yeah, it makes sense uh, to all the first year cars. Um, 
make sure you get the basics right and make sure you get a running car which will clear technical inspection just run dynamics that's going to at least in india that's going to get you a lot of points and you'll be amongst the top teams if you just get a ba- a car which is got all the basics right and uh, you know r- a running car basically what are the hurdles that you faced when you um, came into this season with so respect to all the improvements that yeah. you've been making and all the new ventures and stuff so i'll talk about the managerial hurdles that we faced this season so as we are making two cars the workload on the team was double than last year so we had to recruit more people mm-hmm. for that and also it uh, had a financial strain on our team because making two cars it requires twice the amount of funds as well so yeah and on, especially on finding out electric you, you need a lot of money yeah okay. yeah so we had to really cheap yes so we had to immaculately plan everything at the start of the season how the finances will be allotted to both cv and ev and to manage this much amount of manpower was really difficult for us but slowly and steadily we are learning to get grip on this and hopefully we would perform well at the competition and for the technical uh, aspect aditya will give his point of view yeah so as rightly pointed out for the first time we were starting to build two cars so uh, it was uh, very difficult to have similar design goals for both the cars because as the powertrain changes there's a lot to be changed for both the cars so one challenge was to try and get as much similarity between the cars as possible so that the manufacturing goes smoother and we are able to get uh, you know troubleshooting time is lesser for both the cars when we are testing so one major hurdle was that uh, the second thing was uh, oh, when you say into the you know integrities of the designing so vehicle dynamics of both the car changes because the powertrain changes so you're deciding upon what to focus where was one more task and at the same time uh, a bit of management also comes into while you're designing the car is when you have new recruits and uh, all of them don't know what to do so teaching them about both the cars simultaneously is uh, a big thing because the uh, the juniors that are recruited this year are going to be uh, the future of the team so trying to explain and passing the you know the knowledge transfer that is important uh, that was one of the hurdles that we faced right now and also i'd like to add one more point to uh, face these hurdles as sonam mentioned that discipline is the key factor to do that and for that we believe that assigning designated individuals who are responsible for certain systems is the best way to do that so in our team we have done this that every department has a designated person who is responsible for whatever happens with that particular department all right yeah human resource management seems to be a big big thing these yeah. days because uh, you're not able to con- you make sure that uh, everything is going right in the team and well, one more uh, point is that like point that uh, i heard from you so you've been saying that uh, the workload has been going really high so how's your recruitment been this season so the recruitment has been overall great because of our team's achievements in the last few seasons the college is believing in our project and because of that we are getting a good crop of new recruits so yeah it has been great yeah that that sounds good 
and uh, well uh, one problem that i faced back in my time in fs was uh, a lot of people used to start out in the team and then eventually just drop out because they're not able to handle the workload academic work and social life and they're not able to balance their life together so is that a problem with your team as well or i more lenient with the team and you know give them time and all uh yes it has been a problem with our team for the last few years actually it's a problem with i guess all the fs teams in india yeah it's definitely because, a problem yeah as yeah. i believe that the indian education system uh like the education stream which an individual takes in india it is not only his decision but his parents decision and also it is heavily influenced <laughs> by what the society thinks which is right which is wrong so we have a lot of confused freshers in engineering and that is why <laughs> this confusion leads to people making oh decisions even personally even i was a confused guy in the first year but this team racing dj's racing gave me a direction for my engineering life and for some cases this isn't actually worked and unfortunately these guys they leave the team here here kids listen to what your heart says and not what your parents say <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another point i would like to add is that uh, while we are in the team uh, it's pretty much difficult to understand what it means until we've been to a competition so once you've been to a competition uh, you understand what the level of fs is because i personally have been to an international competition and seeing the level of professionalism and the work ethic that people have you're all the more uh, you know encouraged to be a part of the team for a longer time so that you can also develop that kind of ethic and culture and do something great so yeah that uh, being to a competition and uh, working around in the fs culture does have an advantage in that yeah actually i mean you you pick up a lot of things over there you pick up time management you you learn how to deal with people you learn how to work as a team apart from you know becoming more technically sound and of course there's one more thing uh, you learn to have fun yes okay. which i think is lacking in a lot of indian teams honestly because uh, yeah. most teams which go to the competition i think that they just they just slog day in and day out to make sure the car clears the eye and runs in the dynamics serious, yeah. and they miss out on the part where they have fun while making the car you know that's what which is as suraj was saying suraj so is like you know um the thing is with our teams is we don't take the cars in race ready condition yeah. in fully assembled form we'll be sitting in safety wiring all a wheel sitting in the fsg garage rather than just chilling in the uh, pits and going around with uh, uh, going around and looking at teams interacting with them talking to new people socializing yeah. actually interacting with uh, with those teams is also i think extremely uh, beneficial for teams you know just to get their perspective on so many things i would like accept. to add on this point of international team so uh, our team went to austria this this year in the month of july and we were lucky enough to be hosted by munich motorsport so the culture over there the the activities they have at the end of the day in the camp site like that actually brings about defs culture and what fs stands for so we were lucky enough to be hosted by munich motorsports even we had the competition officials come to the pit have a game of beer pong with us so that is something which is missing in the indian competitions but i think in the future it would really happen all right uh, well to indian parents here people don't drink beer people <laughs> drink only buttermilk beer 
ஒருத்தங்களை <laughs> <laughs> a hundred percent definitely prepares you for the outside world and like in a engineering team you have people like full of enthusiasm and working with these people sharing your ideas with these like-minded individuals it really expands your uh your knowledge base for sure for sure uh but uh so um tell me um a little bit about uh, your recruitment process and why you would definitely prefer okay let let i want you to say yeah, that yeah i don't know do you prefer i, I want you to say that i got the cue yes uh, <laughs> uh, but um tell tell me about your recruitment process and um whether you know guys who are actually going and getting their hands on experience at formula student events actually benefits them as being an employee to an organization of yours uh okay so uh first thing first uh, uh in terms of recruitment process so like at karkhana.io we are still a very uh, small and lean team uh so i uh largely recruit every new person that we get on board uh starting from the first introduction to uh different rounds of interview getting to know more about them and then finally taking the decision uh along with other members of my team whether that person should be on board or not uh so certain key things that i look for any role uh, be it in be it towards business development be it towards uh, software development or be it towards operations uh, uh in our team few key things that i look for uh irrespective of the role is that um like what kind of attitude the person comes with or what are the priorities that the person uh has while looking forward to work with us um does the person look for uh, look at us as a as a generic job that he or she would be ready to uh switch for if they have like a similar opportunity elsewhere like in any other big corporate or is it is it the work or the vision that the company has that excites them uh so that is one of the things second is that i would always want to go for people who uh have the go getter attitude essentially uh being able to draw maximum out of the limited resources and as we know like this is something which is similar uh, between uh, formula bharat and uh, any uh, other startup that you you never have enough money you never have enough people so you need to do anything and everything out of uh, the limited resources that you have so being able to go that extra mile push yourself uh, having that attitude to uh, stay up a few nights if required is something that the person should be ready for and not frown upon uh and uh, another thing is that the person should be really dependable like we were talking about that there are a lot of uh a uh, lot of team members uh, especially the new ones uh who would work for a few months and then get demotivated and leave the team uh so 
you need people who have a strong sense of willingness who have a strong strong grit uh towards achieving what they set out to achieve at the same time uh, i would say it is also the responsibility uh in a startup uh of the founder and uh, the key people to make sure that that motivation is maintained uh there there are ups and downs and challenges that come up but being able to motivate the people to uh get through those is key i mean uh the be it the new recruits in a formula student team or uh, a fresher joining uh, a startup uh, it is the opportunity cost that they are uh, putting in right uh, so it is they, they could have done something else with their time uh, but if they choose to work with the formula student team or with the startup uh, it they are promising that precious time of their Uh, with the organization so it is also necessary that uh, uh, that the founders or key people of the team make sure that the motivation is up and and uh, everyone is learning uh, during that time and growing in that time uh, so yeah in in terms of key attributes it's the go getter attitude and making most of out of the available resources and someone who is completely dependable uh, when they are needed because yeah, so a lot of times uh, we end up putting education is the key isn't it yeah we end up putting multiple hats like if you are hired to be uh, a marketing person you might need to put up other hats of taking up operations certain times or uh, if you are hired to be uh, doing uh, doing design and engineering uh, there are times when you might need to go and pitch to a potential client and uh, uh, make sure we get business from them so uh, a lot of these skills are sometimes uh, needed and the person should be able to pick up as and when needed so that is that is something that i generally look for well uh, you need to know your trade don't you so um, uh, you yeah. definitely need a lot of skills you to you know multiple trades multiple yeah. trades actually yeah. yeah that is true yeah. that is true sandeep let's put the same question to dinesha what are your thought processes when you are looking to recruit someone it's mostly as what uh, sonam said one of the most important thing that we see is the work ethic and the discipline uh like you know very simply they should not give up right when there is a challenge that comes in you are bound to be uh, facing lot of challenges when you are building something uh when something is not and you don't even have much information on it on like you are bound to run a run into trouble and you wouldn't know how to go about it and how they react at that time that is what determines whether they are the kind of character you want to have or not so during even our recruitment process we just give them very hard questions and then we just see penetrators that they give up whether how far they are willing to go ahead and what is the kind of uh, processes that they go to um, whether they at least they take the initiative or they whether they just give up right up front all these things actually tell you and uh, the interesting thing about events like formula barathas these are the kind of people who have gone through these uh, troubles earlier and they have not given up it and they have done something about it and that builds character uh, and these guys enjoy doing the thing that is exactly why they are part of the kind of uh, big projects they really love building things this this is the character that we look at uh, when we hire our people uh, we have had several people who have left uh, very high paying jobs in it or in management consultancies and stuff and still come to us because they get to really build good engineering problems good missionaries 
and it is much harder. We do put out night outs as a team. We all stay together a couple of nights together sometimes, and uh, it is a harder culture here, but still. people really enjoy it and that is the kind of people that we look out to hire and uh, uh, these guys don't leave us also because they really enjoy doing this job with it and we do our best to credit them in whatever way we can and uh, they have that sense of ownership when they do they are really proud when the whole thing works or when the mission works they know that is the mission that they built that feeling the sense of ownership with the project that they are part of Because you know, you definitely want to be hiring someone who actually, you know, takes pride in ownership in in the task. Yeah, most that, most definitely. Uh, so when when Ashik came to uh, you know Fabheads and you started up three years ago, um, mm-hmm. you used to work at uh, ISRO ISRO, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So when you quit that and you moved to something of your own. Um, How exactly did you go about, you know, uh, raising raising the funds for, to, you know, to fund your startup? And not just the funds. Uh, well, uh, there is this uh, big thing called parental pressure. So, <laughs> how did that work out? <laughs> so yeah, the whole thing about my parents coming on board was a very different uh, thing. No? Um, For them, it was like I was set in a government job, a good job. They were proud of it. They were bragging about my job to all their relatives and stuff. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's so not. It's like it's like top thing in India. It's big deal. Oh my god. So yeah, so that was the situation with my parents, and uh, then they were like, uh, um, one fine day when I came home, they were like, we are getting a lot of offers for your marriage. What do you want to do? They're like, I'm gonna quit the job. I don't think these offers will stand after that. <laughs> They were shocked. <laughs> that is one hell of a turnaround. <laughs> I would pay to listen in on that conversation <laughs> with some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, so that was like how I broke the news to him, and uh, they were the hell shocked. But uh, they knew I am always kind of a little bit of a. Very independent guy. I I was not very happy with the things in Israel. They knew about this. Uh, I love the projects in Israel. I was part of some really amazing projects which I would not have had the opportunity to work on had I been anywhere else. So uh, during my last few months in Israel, while I was looking at other opportunities, I got some really great opportunities from other tech companies, as they designed tech teams to do. But uh, none of them actually excited me because the kind of projects that they were doing were not up to the kind of uh, expectations I had. So uh, then that is when I decided to start up, not compromise on the quality of the projects that I was doing, but at the same time do something that is really meaningful and uh, that I can add a lot of impact as well. Uh, so the idea how this. The whole thing about carbon fiber itself came out as something very close to again this world. So, uh, if you look at every space company in the world, everybody makes their uh, fuel tanks with carbon fiber, except for Israel. Uh, like you take SpaceX, you take Israel, sorry, uh, Chinese agencies, JAXA. Every one of these people, they make their uh, fuel tanks with carbon fiber, and Israel still makes it with stainless steel tanks. Israel doesn't do it with carbon fiber because they don't have the Technology to do that, so that is kind of how I mean my scope for this market uh, 
was uh, introduced uh, because I've been in the field and I knew that there is a possibility. So, I, you know, but of course, I cannot just like that start building a very big project, very big missions to build these kind of uh, fuel tanks. So the idea is still around. We have the technology, but uh, to get to that point, we will require some more time. But uh, uh, I, I came back to uh, came back to my alma mater, IDMN. So we got a lot of technology support there, and uh, we got a small seed fund for our uh, prototype developments there as well. So started out small. Uh, we can make some smaller components completely automated right now. And uh, as we generate more and more revenue, we have already closed our uh, seed round. Well, it's always going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And this mm -hmm. requires the patience yeah. to see it until it does there. Yeah. So slowly we are moving forward towards building bigger and better machineries that can create a lot more impact. So this kind of uh, story. Uh, it's definitely going to work out in a while. Uh, but then, uh, something that I've uh, noticed about tech startups, uh, so when they start out, they they start out with a certain idea of a product uh, and, you know, some, some goal in particular. But then over time, uh, according to the market demand, they end up changing the direction towards which they're going. Have you faced something similar to that? Absolutely. Uh, I would say most of this happens because of the maturity of the founder itself, which is which was there for my side also. As I said, I wanted to build uh, large kit tanks, you know, for uh, that was my initial idea, of course, and that is never going to happen as a startup. I will never be able to raise the amount of funds for it and uh, even be able to get somebody to support the kind of uh, funds required to even do the R&D yeah. for that. R&D and especially on carbon fiber isn't going to be cheap, yeah. is it? <laughs> so that's kind of where I had to evolve the idea. You know, the vision, larger vision of the company is still the same. But what you, you know have to understand earlier upon is how the business is going to grow, where you're starting from this. And then, uh, even when somebody has started out with a vision for a startup, they, they know that, that the vision is there, but if, uh, if the path to how we are going to achieve, you might have to evolve as per the market demands or as per the feasibility or the sustainability of the company. You are limited by a lot of uh, resources, not just from funds, but by people, the land, space. Uh, even right now, the kind of projects that we are forced to take depends a lot on the kind of infrastructure that we have access to. Though we have, we can actually make very large parts. We don't take it up simply because we don't have infrastructure for that very large. So all these things you need to consider into your early uh, business plan. And if that is not really planned out, then you need to evolve it as you go along. Uh, if you fail to evolve, then the business fails. And so the success of a business is always upon whether you have thought it through at all right from the beginning, or if you're not, you are able to evolve it as you go along, as you figure things out. Because once you are in the field, you always get to know. You are forced to know actually. Well, being uh, somebody who really wants to become an entrepreneur at some point of time in my life, I definitely uh, take a lot of points from what you said there. And uh, Dinesh, are you going to be at uh, uh, Formula Bar 2019? Yes, absolutely. I'll be one of the design judges. And uh, Fabers is also introducing a special award. Uh, soon i think uh, kathy will be sending a mail out soon um, yeah so we are definitely going to be there 
for sure that's it's awesome great, actually great to, see you uh, to all the young and budding entrepreneurs who are in formula student and uh, who are going to be participating in formula bharat dinesh kanagaraj the founder of uh, fabrics automation he's going to be at the event and you can pick his brains for you know tips and tricks to succeed in the industry Absolutely. looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> thank you dinesh thank you very much uh, well uh, one more question actually what yeah. uh, so till date uh, what is the biggest accomplishment of uh, your team and your company and you most of all basis technology on however automation of power fiber is is like a technology called automated fiber placement so the tech has been around for quite a while uh, but it has not been indigenously developed in india till now uh, so there is very few companies even across the world possess this technology and we are proud to say we are one of the few companies worldwide to have a demonstrated automated fiber placement technology so that is the biggest uh, achievement we still consider and uh, we are looking at customizing this technology for different applications and we have clients who want to like customize this technology for their own applications so sort of. and we are looking forward to it uh, to see where this technology can take us further and we are looking forward to developing more like this on that's marvelous that's a pretty mar- uh, fascinating stuff uh, yeah. to be a part of uh, well uh, the entire revolution that's just starting up yeah so yeah so this is like a very niche technology like uh, the sector of carbon fiber itself is a very limited uh, sector one of the early difficulties that we had is not just from material know how but even the personnel who are experts in this field is again a very hard thing to come uh, there are very few colleges that are uh, that have academicians working in this field who are very well experts in this material and uh, the fabrication technology uh, for carbon fiber was uh, kind of almost like you can say imported into india uh, around 70s and 80s uh, by learning our scientists there were a group of scientists that from india who went to france and learned the technology and came back sort of and this is kind of the things that happened to bring the technology to india and fabrication technology somewhere that we have been lacking in this space a lot and we are proud to actually bring this air technology we'll see how far it can take yeah definitely um so unfortunately that is it for today uh, we are uh it's short of well, time for going ahead but actually gone on for quite a while i think uh, probably a little more than yeah uh, a little definitely than, uh, more than usual abhishek on the other and he's like dude you got to wrap this up you got to wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh thank you everybody thank you sonam for coming in today and uh, telling you, us so much about design and uh, you know managing a team and managing a startup and all and uh, thank you dinesh uh, for uh, you, giving so much insight on carbon fiber uh, and uh, generally starting a startup and how design event is judged and what all you expect from teams and you know the m- most common errors everything that you mentioned uh, is very relatable to me because uh, i've gone through all those phases uh, and uh, yeah. thank you very much yeah. thank you sanjay and uh, thank you to the team panel for coming on board as well and uh, introducing us to buttermilk pong oh yeah <laughs>
Kathy, yeah, I'm definitely going to pitch that, Kathy. That would be. Yeah. Kathy had asked me for a list of games uh, to, you know, introduce at the event as, you know, time pass. Yeah. This is going to be one of them. Thank you for having us on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. guys. Sure. Thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. You. And uh, you've definitely been doing thank some really, really nice stuff on a serious note. Some yes, really, really impressive you. work. You've been doing well in cost as well, if I remember right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, cost um, design as well. Uh, they've, they've actually won design the last two years. Uh, 2017 and 2018, if, I, if I'm right. Am I right, guys? Yes, yes. yes. We won yeah. the design event for the last two years. Crazy. Some really nice stuff. Uh, I hope you guys win it again this year. Well, uh, that's it for today. Signing off, I'm Raul Shokumar. Yeah, and I'm Sanjay. So we shall see see you soon in the month of January at Karimoto Motor Speedway, Coimbatore. All right, see you guys. Hey guys, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, then please do subscribe and share it. The more we can reach other people, the more content we can keep coming up with. I'd like to thank our sponsors and Grid Motorsports for enabling this podcast. You can check them out in the links mentioned in the description. Also, if you'd like to catch Fabhead's automation before the event, then uh, they are going to be present at ISERP 2019 between the 10th to 12th of this month in Mumbai. ISERP, which is the International Conference and Exhibition on Reinforced Plastics, is all about innovation and sustainable usage and application of reinforced plastics. So do check it out, it's going to be quite interesting.